0: Previously, on the censor, Hikadov, the child of the noblewoman Wiem, has escaped the wrath of the Emperor Kotol Beskig. He is now safe in Tel Bathud, which is the grandest abbey of the city, and he is under the care of the well-meaning monk Brother Kaibin. In spite of kaiban's ardent efforts to feed and care for the baby, he finds that his method of feeding and administering to Hikidov is falling completely short, and now the baby has gone the first two days of his life without food. Thankfully, the sanctimonious monk Brother Fessia has discovered this pitiable tableau, and so he is offered a solution. He mentions that the wife of a grocer visits Tel Bathud every day, and that she is in the later stages of childbearing. The implications are clear in this, but Fessia lays out the course plainly for Kaiban, saying, Find her as soon as you can, brother Kaiban. Tell her about this boy. Otherwise he will die, and it will be on your hands. The Censor by Seth Brady. Chapter 7. The Grocer Lebin and Wife Beska After a little inquiry from gatekeeper Raparish, Kaibin had learned that the grocer visited Tel Bautud every morning. When he had asked if the grocer, whose name was Lebin, would be accompanied by his wife, the doorkeeping Raparish only glared suspiciously at him. Kaibin changed his tack, saying, Well, can I help you deliver the food and yon stuffs? It grieves me that you must be torn from your holy books because no one will aid you in this. I do not know you very well, Brother Qyban, said the gatekeeper, that you would be so charitable as a friend. Though the world and even this holy city royal with conflict, said Qyban, we are all friends upon this high tell which Thudes himself prophesies the raising of, we are brothers in the teaching of Tobed and Sejah and the other great prophets of Yos. Brother Raparish, do me the kindness in return for this favor and allow me to help not only yourself but these good citizens of Hosiabayan, who feed us out of their infinite piety. Raparish could not abandon his suspicion, which was the shield that helped him protect Tel Bathud for a greater part of his long life. So often had so called brothers of Tel Bathud loitered in the entrance of the abbey during sunrise, so that they could casually pilfer the carts that were loaded with fresh baked bread. That alone might not have made Raparish so wary. But it was his sacred labor to guard the gate of Bathud from those who were outside as well. Not long ago, a man, a guard of a rich nobleman's house, had banged on the gates once during a quiet night of impenetrable darkness. His arms were gone, stolen by the nobleman in a fit of madness, and he was driven to desperation with the pain in his bare shoulder sockets. He was crashing his head against the gate, harder than it seemed necessary, even after Rapparash called that he would open the door. The gatekeeping Hosea did not see from the tower that the guard had a knife, a long Baxon chris between his teeth, before he had the gate wide open. The man bound at him. "'swinging his head with invisible speed "'and cut open the ceiling and yawn pieces "'of Rapparish's outstretched hands. "'The madman had cut open his cheeks too "'and had nearly sliced his eyeball "'before Rapparish could shove him back out of the gate. "'He had stumbled back more than a normal man would have "'after such a shove, perhaps due to his pain, "'and he was poised over the precipice of the tell. "'It seemed like, at that moment, "'the man did indeed have arms.' but they were attached to his hips rather than his shoulders. He cursed the nobleman's name as he tilted off the wall of the tell. The screaming voice faded from the abbey and was cut off suddenly when the guard hit the ground. The incident required a long inquiry, but Raparish was not banished from the abbey. An extensive penance was required, so his labor was doubled even as the wounds on his face slowly healed. As the pabo said, that poor man's hurts will never heal. He was as sick as any one could be, for he had clearly shut out the light of Yos. Now, because of your quick thoughtlessness, he died before he could find wisdom. That he is doomed to languish in Dinia's wastes is certain, and you stole his atonement. Your atonement will be a great labor one that will quell the rage Yos feels towards you for his lost child. Look at this man. He wailed that his arms were stolen, that they were torn off from the Zianodes, and he believed it. You believed it. They had fallen off his shoulders and hung useless at his hips because he was too sick to maintain his chastel straps. Brother Reparish, you did not murder. I will not call you a murderer, but even without sinning, You've done an eternal hurt. Reparish never doubted the Pabos' wisdom in this. He needed to be more suspicious. So he gave Kaibin more ample scrutiny. Thank you, Brother Kaibin. I would appreciate the help. When the grocer Leban arrives, I ask you to convey the vegetables to the kitchen. Do that as soon as I thank him. Do not loiter here and do not look at anything. Kaibin nodded with honest, wide eyes and good-willed clasping of his hands, and then turned to return to the kitchen. He guessed then that he would return in a while to see if Leban had arrived. Raparsh stopped him. "'Stay, brother. Lebin will be here presently, and I do not want to call after you if you are absent.' So Kaibin stayed, and in a while, a small bell chimed. It was a bronze tube at the gate, which was held at one end by a rope and pulley that ran out the window." Raparish ran the bars and the two brothers opened the gate for the grocer Who drove a train of loaded carts pulled by an unlimbed draught goat into the vestibule Far back, at the rear of the train, there was someone holding on to the cart Keeping the train steady It was a woman, dressed plainly but with an uncovered head Kaibin looked to his feet Yes, yes, Bisha sure, Said Lebin as he patted the goat on his head and pulled it to a stop Lebin, said "Raparish." Good friend, God has guided you here as he always does. Do you have anything new today? Raparsh walked up with open arms and the men kissed each other in the kindly fashion. My neighbor Hogarth, the Tescorin with the moon face, he grew potatoes on the floor of his house. They do that down there because it gets too hot in the yard, so they plant right next to their beds. He does not put tiles on the earth? asked Raparish. "'Oh, has it gotten so mean in the city for normal people?' "'No,' said Levin. "'Do not think that, brother. Things have not gotten so bad. "'He just cracked the mortar, put a few tiles aside, and dug a hole. "'The earth is wretched here, being that it is all mud bricks trampled into dust.' "'So he filled it with Bisha's manure and threw in a couple rootstocks. "'It availed him a plant of grand prosperity.' with roots that pushed up his other tiles so that the remaining mortars broke apart. That cart there is half full of them, he indicated the hindmost cart, and Lebin's wife shrank away, wary of the attention. Raparish's face went white. Oh, oh my, Beska, Beska, your modesty, I for- I forgot. Raparish produced a plain scarf from his seam and gave it to the woman with Lebin's help. Thank you, brother of God, she said. She whispered this modestly as she pulled on the scarf, which allowed Raparish to look on her face. Kaibin saw this and followed. She was indeed not beautiful, but she was the first woman he saw in twenty years. Her face was sharp and pointed at the mouth like a fish, and her eyes seemed to be pulled back from this extremity. Kaibin could not pull from her gaze, for there was a goodness in her hidden by her modesty." He wished for her to speak with the freedom of a man, but she would never do so. Brother. It seems that she said this, but her lips did not move. Brother, said Reparsh, pointing to a cart. The vegetable baskets are there. I have not met you, good brother, said Levin. You must be Kaiben if you are bringing food to the kitchen. Brother Kaibin, this is Beska. "'She is a strong spirit who does not consent to leave me at men's work, "'even when she carries my eighth son.' "'Beska shrugged in the defiant way of women and said, "'God bless you, brother.' "'Leban was occupied, so he said offhand, "'Beska, take half of those vegetables for the holy brother "'and follow him into the kitchen. "'Don't worry, it's not nighttime and his vows cannot be broken. "'I must speak to Brother Raparsh." "'So, in silence,' Kaibin and the covered wife carried the baskets of vegetables to the kitchen. It was quite a long walk past a number of meditative hosia, all of whom did not expect to see a woman in their midst. One ancient stopped to pull his gums back in fury and was about to say something, but Kaibin shook his head at the old man. As unorthodox as this proceeding was, it was necessary that Lebin and his wife were shown respect in Tel Bathud for they were one of the few who were so devout that they would give freely of their food and yon stuffs. It was done quickly enough, though, for the celibate vows that the Hosia swear must not be challenged. They entered the kitchen. "'Whose baby is that?' asked Beska. "'The basket that held the infant Hikadov was atop the table closest to the kitchen's entrance, "'and it was turned to face Beska as she entered with her great belly and basket. Kaibin had positioned it so she would not miss it and he would not need to direct her attention, "'but he did not figure on surprising her so. "'In spite of her scarf,' Her modesty was forgotten in the ridiculousness of finding a baby in such a place. Kaibin saw this, and he was too embarrassed to speak. He had spoken to women only a few times since his mother had brought him to Tel Bathud as a child. Beska set the basket of food next to the one holding the baby and leaned against the stout wooden table. The fatigue on her face seemed disproportionate to the mild task of carrying the food. But then Kaibin did not understand what it meant for a woman to be pregnant. He was still unsure as to why Fessia had not told him about her. Brother Kaibin, whose baby is that? she repeated. It looks so small and ill as if no one has fed it. Did someone leave a baby here? Um, yes, wife of Leban, admitted Kaibin. A woman left him here two days ago. She was clothed like a noble of the Tsotsi, though she seemed winded and fearful as though she was being chased. Two days ago? she exclaimed. That is when those foreign barbarians cut down those children and their mothers in the street. I heard this from outside the window. Yes, there was a terrible event that night, he admitted, but all the husbands and the slain mothers rose up against Kotal's soldiers. "'Our own paybo joined them as they climbed the tell "'because they wished to find this baby and his mother.' "'Oh, I believe they found the mother,' she told him. "'For a woman was run through by one of their spears "'when a busybody saw her running down the tell. Kaibin had suspected that this was what became of the brave William, "'mother of Hikadoff, but now it was verified. "'He shut his eyes.' because otherwise he would weep for her gift. Beska did not see this. But, oh, it's been two days? Have you fed him goat's milk, or has a wet nurse fed him? Kaibin could not contain his shame, for he was failing William, who had given herself wholly to death for this baby. He wrung his hands and confessed, No, woman, this baby has not eaten nor drank water since his mother brought him here. He might have never eaten in his small life. In his anguish, he was not aware of his surroundings and that Beska had hefted the long wooden spoon meant for stirring soup. It had a pointed edge like a kitchen knife so that it could scrape the inner walls of a cauldron. With that, she smote him in the ribs as a fisherman would spear a perch so that he keened in surprise pain. He didn't know at first who had jabbed him and he could not at first believe it was her, when even the most cruel of his brothers would never dare such an assault. There was fury and contempt in her face that he had not seen in Fesya, though he saw it now in her eyes. In and they tell each other that you, Hoshia, are very wise and benevolent, she said. They say that chief among you are the Bathudine, because it was your payboat that quelled the warlike hearts of Kotal and still defied his soldiers, but... I have seen Rapparish, who is fussy and gossips like an old woman, and I have seen you. You are as stupid and ignorant as a baby, and yet you felt yourself fit to care for one? The fury in her voice had quelled a bit, and she said, Did you put this baby here so that I would fail to overlook him? Yes, said Kaibin, who held his ribs pathetically. What is his name? she asked. Hikaduf. The mother told me this as she handed him over. I suppose it's not an unusual name in this country, but I think it's a good name. Is it a good name? she asked. What does it signify? It was given by Yos himself, said Kaiban, as she told me in that short time. I know it's somewhere in the books where the name originated, he said, forgetting that he had never read the Banath. Her fury was all but supplanted by pity. "'You are a helpless fool,' she said. "'I was here yesterday as I am every day, and you did not think to seek me out. "'Still, you are not quite a monster, and perhaps you have some uncommon decency. "'Perhaps. "'I will do what you did not have the audacity to ask of me.' "'So she took the infant in her arms.' and opened her modest shirt so that her nipples were shown, and the infant fed. That Beska and Kybin were familiar enough for her to show him her naked breast, even as a scarf covered her hair, did not seem remarkable. Please, good woman, wife of Lebin, take this baby. I will compensate you as I can. Perhaps I can supply your husband with something he can sell, she sighed. I will take this baby back to our house and nurse it until it is ready to eat food and drink water. At that time, I will likely have four children in my house and no time for another, and you must take him back. I will, he said. Thank you, Beska. Yos will look favorably on you for this kindness. Beska turned to the door, not wishing to give her husband any cause for worriment. I do not know that God wills it, she said, but he will push both of us into the wasteland if I leave this baby to die. So she returned to Lebin as Kaiban stood listlessly in the kitchen, wondering what would become of Hikadov. Neither he nor Beska knew that, just two nights ago, the baby had thrown the lord of the city into the wasteland by his own nascent light. Long after the grocer and his wife left, Kaibin found a bottle of tsebets, which was the product of grape wine made by the brothers, that was not sold because it was the sooty dregs of the great casks. Though the Hosia were discouraged from clouding their meditation with drink, there was often such a volume of unremarkable tsebets that was hoarded, settled, and furtively drunk by the brothers. Kaibin was one such brother who participated in the making of wine by Hosia law, so he felt entitled to a measure of tsebets for private drinking. So he now brought the bottle to a room in the northeastern corner of the tell, which Brother Fessia shared with a dull, straw-haired, middle-aged brother that he rarely saw in the halls. They shared the bottle as Kybin spoke of Raparish's stubbornness and his friendship with Levin, and then of his encounter with Beska. This he could only tell in starts. For the incredible meeting he had was quite unsettling But the consecrated Sebots eased him So too was Fessia's incisive manner eased And he listened without interruption She seems to be a good woman You are too fortunate to have met her, brother Said Fessia And you will not see her and that darling boy for so long Perhaps six months Till he can eat food Fessia trailed off And then picked up She said she will have four children in her house, did she? Didn't you say that she was with her eighth child, brother? Kaibin had considered this, and he had to recollect his thoughts through the mist of Sebbets. Not all children live, and I have heard that it is the babies that die without warning. Anyway, I think. I suppose four of her children had died, and she has only three of her own in Lebin's house now. Fesia's eyes widened, because for once there was something Kaiben was insightful about. Then a long forgotten memory about his own large family resurfaced in his mind, and it was disclosed in his countenance. Oh, he said, I did know that. Fesia fell asleep with tears in his eyes. And then Kaibin went to bed. The Sensor is written and narrated by Seth Brady, with music by Noah Pardo. If you want to learn more about the Sensor, the lore, or if you just want to listen to episodes, please visit thesensor.com. That's T H E C E N S E R.com. Remember, that's uh, that's how it's spelled. It's uh, it's an incense burner, not a not an electronic sensor or a you know something that compels you not to speak or express your opinion it is something that in the real world it only gives off an aroma it doesn't cast light but in this world uh, some of these uh some of these incense uh, herbs they uh, burn brightly and it is of grand religious significance to these people now remember this is not a real religion I can't make this clear enough the censor. Is just fantasy Do not begin to embrace Yos or Baita or Dramtur Or even all the The celestial host Of beautiful uh, Multicolored Limbed ladies This is all in the world of fiction I mean maybe someday it'll become True or in some of the dimension There are real gods but Right now I just want you to listen to this Podcast listen to the story and enjoy it if you might. Uh, you can also ask questions of me or uh, the staff of this podcast, which is also just me and Noah, who just makes the music. Um, ask me questions from my Twitter at at t sensor t c e n s e r at t sensor, um, and you can also uh, find Noah Noah Pardo's Instagram at. At npx sound, I was about to say .dot com, but this is uh, Instagram. Also, you can find uh, the Facebook page uh, for the sensor. Um, it's the sensor podcast. You just add that in after a slash facebook .dot com slash the sensor. There you go. I want to thank you, my friends. Thank you for listening to this, and thank you for. Being patient with the story. It will take you strange places. I promise you of that.